Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello. I'm sorry. Have you started back yet? Are they still prepping? I think you started. I'm not back in the finish of the year. Okay. I just did my thing. Did you go back to the same school? Yeah, I don't know how long he'll be there. I suppose. I think he put it in his transfer. So I... 
the end of it, did it? Oh, what well, the heck is the And then one, I think it's been one of them at that old mansion down the street. I think they did a couple of movies in that old mansion down the street. Well, you know, it's a senior farm home now. That's true for you? From you? No. The big old building? Uh-huh. I know they did, Chuck, but I think they did a couple of movies down there. Right, even Candyman. Well, Candyman was still in Chicago. That looked like a thing they could have done it out of there. I remember looking at Candyman. One of them, but it looked like it was a project or something like that. Okay. Living in there. Ah. Oh. 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 And um, one of the bad man's kids, his girlfriend, but then he was mad. Because <laughs> she got a part he did? Because he told her to go down there for something. Because she, um, she's like a little short. But she has gotten in the bodybuilding. And she got, you know, well, she's right. Okay. Well, she went down there for whatever, just to look at and they end up getting her, you know, as an extra. Oh, that is good, please. 
grandmother sitting up there keeping your, what, the girlfriend by the fourth or fifth grade child. And you out gallivanting the streets and getting high and won't work. Mm. 30 some years old. Early 30s at that. Probably about 33. And I'm like, if you're doing all this walking, you walking back and forth from class every day and every night. As big as you are, you'll be small as me. What school she going to? That girl don't go. The child go to Martin Luther King. But she don't go to nobody, nothing. She don't even go to a job. Oh, okay. She out there uh, getting high, doing whatever she's going to do. Why you ring my door at 5 o'clock in the morning? Oh, 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 okay. I got you. So that took me off my thing. I couldn't even read this morning. Let's <laughs> do it somewhere and sit down. <laughs> you heard me. I said dude. Yeah, I know what you said now, but I know what you said then. <laughs> no, I really didn't. I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't go all the way off, you know, but... Okay. My thing is, you you throwing me off my mark. I'm trying to get, I just get my read time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, I'm, that's all right. But to God be the glory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, whenever you're ready. Go ahead. Okay, I was just saying, I was telling Sue Pam, asking Sue Pam how she doing. Oh. Uh, no. I'm hanging it there. I ain't mad at you, baby. All we can do is hang. <laughs> Your mom and dad doing good? Yeah, um, dad, his blood, we had a problem with his blood pressure the day before yesterday. You know, hopefully he'll come home tomorrow and they get it regulated. Um, his blood pressure dropped tremendously low. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, tremendously. And he want to come home. I'm like, no, dog, you stay out there. But uh, you need to stay there. You know, Tina went off on him, and she said some very mean things to him. Tina said something mean, can't imagine. <laughs> oh, you being funny. Now, you know she can't get kind of... She the one who could check him. She could check him. Mm. So he's... That's not a voice he wants to hear, nor a face he wants to see. You what? Yeah. No, he didn't. That's his girl. No, when she goes oh. off on him, you know, he'll stay out with her for about a month or two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. This, this morning, most gracious Heavenly Father, we come, Lord God, asking for permission, Lord God, to enter into the throne room of grace and mercy, Lord God to seek you, Lord God, your will and your way for our lives for this day. Father God, we are standing and sitting under the clouds of your glory, Lord God. We ask that your Holy Spirit will rain down upon us and just strengthen us, Lord God, so that we can do that job which you have called us to do. Father God, we thank you for keeping us last night. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for clothing us in our right mind, giving us a portion of our health and strength. Oh, Holy Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord God, that your spirit will reign, Lord God, that it will come across this land and heal this land of all these 
diverse ways, all these ways of thinking, all this sinful evil nature which we are living up upon. Father God, we ask that you will cover and keep us from protection. So, Father God, it is evident, Lord, that we know not who we deal with, Lord God, but we're seeking your presence, Lord, your spirit. Lord. 
Lord God. Talk with us, commune with us, and let us hear your voice. Let us have an obedient spirit and do that what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, my man, amen. Amen. Father God, Oh, yes, Holy Spirit, we praise Father, 
letting them know that you are still loving and caring for him, even though he's in the hospital right now, Lord. Let him know that your word still can be at our top. Let's make a way for him, Lord. Touch his mother, Lord. Touch his mother, Father. They're both are afflicted, Lord. But your word is still there. Your word is still there, Lord. And we praise you, Father. Speak to their hearts right now and comfort them, Lord. And this man right here, Lord, give him the courage and the strength to press on, Father. Give him the courage and the strength to press on, Lord. Because sometimes, Father, he feels overwhelmed. Sometimes he's like, Lord, I know that you're here. But really, God, I knew So, Father, God, I'm asking you to right now to say, Son, I got this. I got you. I want you to love on Arthur right now with your love, Father. I want you to grace your mercy and your favor to envelop him right now, Lord. Let him have a good intimate relationship with you right now, God. And he knows that you are covering and keeping him, Lord. Just continue to anoint him as you call a manifestation of your word. He's going to begin to walk in the power of God, Lord. Not just the presence, but the power of God, Lord. The power of God is just going to begin just to emanate from him, and he's going to begin to move. He's going to begin to touch and anoint. He's going to begin to speak life unto people, Lord. He's going to begin to open up his mouth and show this is what you need to do. And the Lord told me to do this. And that's how you need to. And people are going to begin to, Brother Richardson, how do you know this, Brother Richardson? What's going on? He said, well, God just speaks to my heart. And when God speaks, I must let it out. I can't hold back what God wants me to say. I'm not trying to do it anymore. I'm just trying to be used by the Almighty. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm just trying to let God speak through me. Shut up, Let him flow in that capacity of power upon his life, Lord, as he continues to yield to you, Father, as he continues to yield that what you want him to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yes. Yeah. 
Father God, we pray that all is well when they reach to the institution, Lord God, where Morgan will be matriculating, Lord God. We ask you to cover that campus, oh Lord God. For men that's going by that, Lord God, we don't know the plans that they have in their heart, but Lord God, we seek your counsel on right now. We ask to let this be a blessed semester for her and all students who are matriculating, Lord God, from preschool to graduate school, Lord God. Let them have power over those textbooks and over tests that will be given to them. Let them be covered as they leave their dormitories and go to their classrooms, Lord God, and to return, Lord God. Let them arrive in safety, Lord God. Walk with them, talk with them, Lord God. Commune with them, Lord God, and let them know that they are you. you they are belong to you, Lord God. Even when the enemy is trying to come up against them and raise them standing, Lord God, we know that you have already Try to raise up his gates, Lord God. We you have already raised up a standard defeated to cast them back into turn to the pits of hell for which they come. Father God, we ask that this will be a blessed and favorable semester for Morgan. We ask, Lord God, that as she matriculates, she will excel, Lord God. Excel above all those in her studies. In Jesus' yes, name I yes, pray. Yes. Amen. 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 Check out of most carry the Father God, you say well. Mm. One can push a thousand flight, two can push ten thousand flight, Lord. But two or more to gather together. In thy name, you are there, Lord. Today, Father, me and Brother Richardson come together so that you can begin to answer some of those prayers that he's been seeking and placing before your throne, Lord. Father God, I'm asking that you just begin to move on Brother Richardson's behalf. First of all, Find that spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief that just keeps raising his head, Lord. Every time he gets ready to step forward, here it comes again, saying, nah, and then he'll pull back, and he'll hesitate, Lord. See, the enemy's trying to get him to, to, to keep doing that and to lose time and to lose position. But, Father God, right now, I want to place an urgency inside of his spirit, an urgency the things that you desire for him to do, Lord. He just can't rest. Ah, the things that you desire him to do, Lord, will begin to burn inside of his spirit. And he's going, I've got to do it now. I can't put this off no longer. I've got to move right now. God has said, this needs to be done. And I'm going to trust him. Ah, I'm not going to pull back into that fear. I'm not even going to pull back into myself trying to figure out how it's going to be done. I'm just going to step out and believe and allow my God to manifest. Oh, it up. Oh, stop, stop. I'm going to step out and believe and allow his word to go forth. I'm going to step out and believe that I'm going to fulfill the destiny that God has given for my life. That's what he wants you to walk at, Brother Richardson, in that boldness and that confidence, and that understanding that God's got this. Not that you know how to do it, how it's going to manifest, but that you trust your God. That you trust your God because he wouldn't send you on a bogus mission. 
that you trust your God. He wouldn't just have you doing any kind of little thing just for a head cover. But no, there's a divine and anointed purpose. And anything that comes across your path, you have the tools to be able to defeat it. Mm. I know in my real estate classes, they ask me, who do you want to be, Batman or Superman? You know, Superman, he's got all the strength. And he can and he can move mountains. He can do this. He said, but you know what? The thing about Batman, whatever situation arises, he just reaches into that utility belt, and he just pulls out the exact tool that's needed to resolve the issue. And see, that's what what God wants you to do, Brother Richardson, is just to trust Him. Oh, shut it up. Oh my God, just to trust Him to say whatever comes against you. Oh, all you got to do is reach in your Holy Ghost utility belt, and you'll bring out the exact tool that's needed so you can defeat that problem. Ah, it doesn't matter what comes up against you. You just reach down into your back book of Bible ah, yeah, and say, well, Lord, what's the scripture that I need? Ah, whatever I need, if I need some strength, if I need some boldness, if I need some peace, I need some patience. Whatever I need, I will reach down into your word and pull out the anointing to give me what's needed so I can go defeat that enemy. He doesn't want you to pull back anymore, Brother Rich. He wants you to walk in the boldness, the God-given boldness. I should that he's giving you to walk in, not pulling back in yourself. For moving in the fullness of what he called you to be. So step on out. Trust him. Step on out. Move. Step on out. And let God manifest in your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord. Y'all said nothing for this, this wonderful way of Yeah, well, you know, somebody got to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Got to get this party started right. Get this party started for that. Right. <laughs> Bow! Oh, you feel some kind of way, huh? Yes. I'm just, Go ahead and let him out. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, Lord. God. Yes, Lord. God. You know what, matter of fact, I need you to speak your destiny. I need you to confess right now that which God, see God's been speaking to you. He's been showing you some things. He's been showing you the direction he wants you to go in. And, and you've been looking at it even prior, but right now, I want you to confess that which God's been speaking to you silently and quietly. I want you to begin to confess the direction that God has you walking in. You might not even start it. You might not even read it down, but you know what's going on in your heart. You know what God is dealing with you. So I want you to begin to speak that thing out. Like you've already had said yes, and you began to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. 
see if I can reach home.
Okay, who's styling jail? Is this, this yours or your father's? Yeah, I can. I'll put it in his bag here. It's awfully light concealer.
Yo, man, on the 
Yes, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Your God, Shiki, Borombo, Father, we praise thy name. All glory to God. Glory to the highest. We praise thy name. Father God, now we move in the fullness of what you called us to do. We praise thy name. Holy Spirit, we move in unison in the fullness of whom God has ordained us to be. No longer hiding, no longer struggling, but manifesting as of now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we glorify you for what you have done, Lord. Oh, As you begin to unveil to the world who you are, how you desire to be manifested. Wow. Jesus' name ain't there. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. That was interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Wow. Yes. 
Tamaskari, Han Roskilukumbos, Kilukumbos, Kilukusandaka, Han Roskilukasa, Sakara, Tony Aika, Haskilukumbos, Kilukan, Randukos, the Shirakandaka, Haskilukos, we praise you, Yerukupu, Kilukasa, Sakara. This is from Haskilukumbos, Kilukasa, Sakara.
Investors will render the position, run 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 the position, Malcolm Bryson, get a good Congregation church, 
precious ministry and families, Rambrandico did get a official Saraga Sakra. Prisoners and missionaries, who's kidded a Kumbuka Randaka, who's kidded a Kusitirandrosa Sakra. Precious to his family's congestion. The Kishanian, the Seton Hospice. Okay, the season has security, using addition, congregation churches, prisoners and missionaries, unpaid, precious members of families, all of that is done. Okay, walking in the realm of the supernatural. 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 The sermon, Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Who's
Belly the person into the end, rush could go fish it go fish it go fish it Rush could go fish it 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 go Oh, well, I almost tried for the reading. Anybody got anything before I send out this text? Anybody want to pray before I send out this text? Anybody want to say something before I send out this text? Oh, okay, correction for Pam sending out this text.
doing good. Anybody ready on the call? On the call, anybody there? Anybody there? Anybody there? Good morning. Good morning. How are you all? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How your sister the other day? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. I was going early in the morning. She was going to work. I, I, I'm trying to think where it was. Oh, I know. I was headed to the track. That's why I was early in the morning. She was going to work out there to the track. Okay.
this in turn reduces church to a couple of hours on Sunday inside a building and leaves the us the other one hundred and sixty five or so hours in the week to be lived outside of it. What a contrast with life in the early church. First century Christians had church every day, several times a day. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, Acts 2.42. They congregated even before mealtime, see Acts 2.46. Not an enemy. When churches identify primarily with a building, it soon it soon turns centripetal in its focus and everything on the outside becomes adversarial, turning the city and the marketplace into enemies that have to be subdued, destroyed, or avoided. This leads to a state of animosity, if not of all-out war, against the city and its central components, business, education, and government. This attitude has produced a spiritual ghetto mentality that isolates us from the people to whom we are called to bring the salvation message. Ghetto dwellers possess certain common characteristics. They believe they are so unique that they must remain separated from others, and they are convinced they are superior. But they are also extremely insecure about interacting with anyone they consider inferior. These traits are also found in churches that have developed ghetto mentality. I guess I, I, I guess I think of a ghetto mentality different um, from the standpoint like the ghettos, you know, of people living well, in them. I guess we'd have to have the, the the proper definition for the term ghetto then, so we can understand where he's well, coming from. Away. You away. Because, you know, what, what, um, was, when I was listening to them, he's talking about how church is regulated to a building. And it's just like I was talking to a teacher, and Arthur would know as well. And, like, you know, the teacher was talking about how the principal was getting on them because the child wasn't learning. But teaching begins at home. Right. Because the teacher said, I got this child, bottom line, six hours out of 24-hour day, and that's only five days a week. So... Teaching supposed to begin at home. So now, if we same thing with the church, if we regulate church to a few times, uh, let's say three or four times a week, two or three hours a day, at that much, then that's how much of Jesus you have in your life. It needs to be more than that, so that you know. Because again, but but see, that's how we got we give church that 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 segment where Jesus needs to be the center and everything emanates from Him. But we want to just be a segment on that Sunday or that Sunday with Bible studies and other. And so now, what you're really doing is you're cutting down the power of God. You're cutting down the the relationship you have. You're just cutting it, cutting him down and out. And then, and I see that being very strategic with the enemy, how he how he uses that to keep the church weak. So that, that's a very interesting concept, and we see it happening. Because, see, now also, well, I don't need that much church. Why do you go to church all that time? Because it's not part of you. 
because it's not really about going to church. It's about letting the word grow up inside of you. And as you do that, you know, because you, you, it's like, well, I just need church for such and such, but you don't realize you need Christ every day. You need you need Christ, period. So it's, it's a shifting in our understanding. It's a shifting in our mentality. But, you know, everybody, how can I say that? I'm going back to the circle of fellowship where everybody hasn't grown to that point. I think that's probably about the best way to say it. Everybody hasn't gotten to the point where it's, you know, well, like Lisa said, you know, when when she first knew me, it was like, yeah, I used to do do it, you know, you know about Christ and Bible and stuff because it was, you know, I, I found it beneficial. But now it's like a necessity. Well, because it is for me. And I re- I recognize personally that if I don't feed myself with His Word, then I'm incapable of fully being able to go forth and do what I need to do. So for me, it is a necessity now, but I've grown into that. Okay, well, the one definition, like the noun definition, and I'll use it as a noun, a part of a city, especially a slum area occupied by a minority group or groups. Use it as a verb, put in or restrict. isolated or segregated area or group. So in that term, the word ghetto could be used as a as a isolated group. Or even um what's the word we they go out and do some stupid stuff and kill themselves like Jamestown. Oh uh, cult. a cult. Yeah. Yeah. So now the one thing where it was saying in the book about uh um, like we're talking about, like their their uh, their attitude and how they uh, like they feel superior. They um, believe they are so unique that they must maintain that they must remain separated from others. And they are convinced they are superior. That could be like the creation of the game, you know, where you got one ghetto housing complex that you know um, they think that they're better than another type of thing. Um, and then it comes, and but they are also extremely insecure about interacting with anyone they consider inferior. I think the insecurity is not so much. Um, people that they consider inferior and people they feel inferior to. And and I say that because of the people who will not leave the ghetto. You know, like say use the project as an example, even when they, they get to a point where they have a good job and, and they can afford to move somewhere else, they won't because, you know, that project is what they know. That's where they're comfortable. They don't um, they don't want to go um, somewhere else. That's just not that interesting. Okay, moving on. An agency of heaven. When Jesus introduced the notion of the church, he linked it to the kingdom of heaven, presenting the kingdom and the church as two sides of the same coin. 
we pray for somebody to get healing and they die. Well, again, they are healed. They're totally healed. But that, that's how God, that's from God, that's not our perspective. So that's what I mean when you said that we're not overcome. We're not overcome, but it might not be the way that you think you, that you should not be overcome. I mean, because, you know, when someone dies, you know, they're, they're not suffering anymore. But I never thought of it as them being healed. But, yeah, I guess it would be. Okay. You are pure, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you find on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 18 and 19. Verses 18 and 19. In his quote in Matthew, Jesus clearly stated that his church would overpower the kingdom of darkness. He went on to explain that to accomplish this, the keys of the kingdom of heaven would be made available to believers so that the will of God could happen on earth. To emphasize the human component, the Lord said that Peter would get the key, obviously as a forerunner of every church member. Nowadays, we do not have a problem believing that something like the church has power over the kingdom of evil. But Jesus explicitly spoke to one person, Peter and told him that spiritual keys would be given to him in order to change things on earth. The Lord Jesus never put the kingdom of God and the church in separate dispensations or locations. Hmm. So now I, I'm just thinking, see, I'm listening and it's just, okay, so he's, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So that was given unto Peter. Being, which also includes us, because he was giving it to him because that Peter being a forerunner. But I was also just I just realized that he went to hell and got the keys of hell and death. So that was um, through the fall that was given to Satan. He took it from Adam. He took the dominion from Adam. So now he has both sets of keys. He's got the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which he gives to his children, but he also has the keys of hell and death to give his children a way up out of death when they receive him. So he's got the full package. He's got, he's got access to everything. And it's okay. interesting. No, God. Okay. But it's interesting. Now, see, this is where I'm really thinking about it in the sense, because I understand this in grad course, that he's using the term keys. So that, that means there, you know, I'm just thinking about it, you know, there's 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 a, probably a lot more meaning to that than we just take it at at this point in time because I'm even thinking about how there are even greater demons that are locked up and they'll be they'll be let loose at the end of days. So him having the keys now and all the movies and different things we see when they let them out and and even what the um you know they let them. so I'm just thinking the keys. Is more than just symbolic. It's just really, it's probably a lot more to that right now, but it's just the first time I really just actually focused on that and paid attention to it. 
bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The church exists to bring the kingdom of God to earth. We know that it's true because on two occasions that Jesus discussed the church, see Matthew 16 and 18 and 18 and 17. He also referred to the fact that whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Obviously, this is a body entrusted with authority. The reference to binding and releasing on earth for corresponding action to happen in heaven poses an interesting question. How much can the church affect what goes on in heaven? Obviously, the heaven Jesus spoke of cannot be God's heaven since he is sovereign and almighty. He cannot be affected, much less bound, by any action initiated by humans on earth, his church included. Consequently, it has to be the heavenly place where Satan and his forces of wickedness have established their dominion. Paul described it vividly when he wrote, for our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. See Ephesians 6.12. Right, when you when you're doing the um the the um uh, the confession of uh uh, putting on your your, uh, your armor. Yeah, it says that um, that's what it says. That you're, you're basically you're not going against like not against man. You're going against the um right. Because now we have three heavens. You got um, and that's what the book is bringing out. What God God reigns at is the God where God dwells and where He reigns. Because now you got the sovereign will of God, but then also um, what he's talking bringing out is the heaven in which the prince of the power of the air dwells. And that's what I talked about the other day. And I think it was the second day, that, the second or the third day, when he separated the heavens from the earth. And that was the one day that God did not say that it was good. And that's because once he was formed, the heavens were formed. The prince of the power of the air populated that, and he did not say that it was good on that day. All the other days, he said that it was good because he was pleased with the outcome. So it's interesting that he's bringing that out about the heavens and us. So then, so what he's also saying is we have authority over that. We've got authority over the heavens, not God's heaven. But see, that gets right back into line about how we can, well, when we choose to, when we choose to line up with the sovereign heaven, which is God, so that his will can be formed, it will affect the, I'm going to just say the earthly heaven or the first heaven, which is what we're looking at, the sky and all that other stuff where the, where the prince of the power of the air dwells. So the sovereign heaven will affect this earthly heaven, but that's when we choose to line up with it. Now, if we don't line up with it, then our situations and circumstances or whatever that we're, we're um, trying to fight against or whatever will just, again, that sovereign, not the sovereign, that uh, earthly heaven will just run you over. It'll just, you know, where the principal is, that's what I talked about, 
life dictating to you what's going to happen to you if you don't stand up and fight for it. It's just going to push you in the direction that that um that you know that it wants you to go. It follows that the church has been entrusted with authority and power to struggle effectively against the true empire. The struggle cannot be for the personal salvation of its members, since mm. the devil cannot take us away from Jesus' hand. Mm. It cannot be about sanctification, because that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Basically, it has to be about God's will established where satanic activity and schemes are actively challenging. Mm -hmm. Paul spoke of this type of power when he stated that his assignment was to open the eyes of sinners so that they will turn from the dominion of Satan to God's kingdom. There are two kingdoms at war with each other, and the church is God's agency to advance his kingdom on earth. For this purpose, it has been entrusted with authority. Mm. In fact, the Greek word for church, Ecclesia, was widely used in the Roman Empire. It is used three times in a secular context in the Book of Acts, the Acts 19:30-42. But the translators chose to render it as assembly. Mm. The purpose for this gathering. Ecclesia was to obtain legal action against Paul. In this case, the silversmiths were concerned that Paul was ruining their business by preaching against idols. They wanted to bind Paul. Jesus presented the church as an assembly of his followers that had the power to advocate the will of God on earth. In fact, in the first sermon of the church age, Peter stated that the gospel must be preached unto all things that are placed under the feet of Jesus. The Acts 2, 34, and 35. Okay, now even right there, to all things are placed under the feet of Jesus. So that's lining up. Because going back again to the sovereign heaven, all things are under his feet, but why do they have to be placed? That's where we have to do our part. Like I said, God's covenant is going to be fulfilled. It's just a matter of not we're going to line up to work with him. So if we do our part, then it will be placed. It's already there, but we have to force it into position from the first heaven. If not, it will just do what it wants to do. At that moment, the will of God will indeed be fully done on earth as it is done in heaven. However, we tend to overlook the progressive dimension that indicates that the will of God will be done on earth in increments until such fullness is achieved. This misunderstanding leads us to believe that the fullness will happen at the very end of time mm. on earth when the Lord returns and that in the meantime, this world is bound to remain under control of the evil one, unaffected by the church. So now that's taking us to what we talk about all the time is process. There's a process to everything. So what he's pointing now is we have this thing that, bam, all of a sudden it's going to happen. But no, it's progressive movement, progressive growth, progressive transformation. Somebody, somebody keep 
hidden. And so that's what we and we need to understand that about our lives. We need to be progressively growing. We need to be progressively transforming and increasing because we are truly walking with it in the kingdom of heaven as God as God has ordained us then we and being used by him that means we have to grow we have to increase because as we increase his availability to use us is increasing and our availability to be used by him is increasing and our power is increasing This passivity on our part has no biblical foundation. Mm. When Jesus introduced the concept of the church, he stated that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive weapons. They are defensive in nature and function. Therefore, the gates of hell cannot attack the church. It is the other way around. The promise of victory when the church storms the gates of hell. Okay, remember, read that again. Okay. When Jesus introduced the concept of the church, he stated that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive weapons, they are defensive in nature and function. Therefore, the gates of hell cannot attack the church, it is the other way around. Hence, the promise of victory. When the church storms the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking about that wall? Oh, wow. That the, that, that the president keeps talking about building uh, to keep Mexico out. But I'm just thinking, you know, no one believes that that will work for him. Well, some of them And the people on the other side would storm, would be for storming the wall. Oh, yeah. The wall in and of itself is not going to do anything. I mean, it'll be there. Make somebody a lot of money. Yeah, the builders. Okay. Of course, the Lord will win the ultimate victory himself. At that time, his kingdom will be established forever. But until such a time comes, the church is empowered and commissioned by the Lord to storm the gates of hell. So he said passivity is not biblical. There's no biblical foundation. Passivity is not biblical. Yes. Whatever happens, I'm going to go for the flow, go with the flow. You know, God didn't, didn't, you know, I'm waiting on God. Well, if he's saying passivity is not biblical, but you've got faith, but you're waiting on God, then according to the word of God, faith without works is dead. you got dead faith, which is passivity. But I, I do know it said the kingdom of heaven suffering violence, the violence taken by force. I do know that Jesus wasn't passive at all. But we want to sit back and 
played and I mean, understand leadership, but I'm 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 not talking about Fanny right now because I know she won't get offended. But right now, she's waiting on God to give her clarity. But that doesn't mean she's just being sitting down, being I. She's like she knows that before she makes any major move, that she needs to have clarity on that. But that doesn't mean she's just not doing anything. You have to, again, grad students, we have to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. So what she's saying in her life right now, she's not being pastor. Matter of fact, it's causing her to step out even more on faith. What do I mean by that? Causing her to wake and be more peaceful. Causing her to, to see, causing her to say, well, I, I got to hold my back, hold back myself, meaning my soul, from just jumping out here and doing something, I've got to remain calm and peaceful and wait and patient. See, that requires strength, too. Don't think walking in patience and peace does not require strength. So those aren't passive because it forces you to go to a position so that you can be skilled while everything else is pushing against you. But things are trying to make you move so that you'll make the wrong decision or you'll go out there and do what you what you think you need to do, that's not passive either. So, and again, I, that's, these are different scriptures and, then, and scenarios in which we're not being passive because we're choosing to seek and to trust and let God be God. So sitting back waiting on God ain't nothing but you. Thank the Holy Spirit. That's why we just did this for the conference. Hey, Mr. Cooper. When Jesus introduced the concept of the church, he stated that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive weapons. They are defensive in nature and function. Therefore, the gates of hell cannot attack the church. It is the other way around. Hence the promise of victory when the church storms the gates of hell. Of course, the Lord will win the ultimate victory himself. At that time, his kingdom will be established forever. But until such a time comes, the church is empowered and commissioned by the Lord to storm the gates of hell. The church and the whole world. The church in the New Testament stormed the gates of hell, and the church is always presented as victorious. Not even once is it seen as weak or defeated. The standard for what to do on earth is God's order in heaven. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 
this command has never was never rescinded. In fact, in Acts, in the epistle, and in the Revelation, the church is consistently described in relationships such as the church at Antioch or at Jerusalem. This is true because in the same fashion that Jesus brought the kingdom of God so he came in contact with the early church brought it to cities, regions, and nations. When I refer to the church, I mean the people that constitute the congregation, not a building or institution. The church is men and women, masters and slaves parents, and children who have been set free from the kingdom of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of light. These people carried that kingdom with them wherever they went. Church planting and the Bible. The disciples that they were to witness all over the city, and when they did, a church was planted. They never saw themselves as establishing an outpost of heaven inside a building called church in the midst of a city they did not believe could be reached or transformed. To the contrary, they saw themselves infiltrate the fiber of the city. Their motto was salt and light, elements that that touch, penetrate, and change that which that with which they come in contact. Hmm. Read that again. That's the problem. Okay, yes, yeah, salt and light, because that's what we talked about before. The disciples knew that they were to witness all over the city, and when they did, a church was planted. They never saw themselves as establishing an outpost of heaven inside a building called church in the midst of a city they did not believe could be reached or transformed. To the contrary, they saw themselves infiltrating the fiber of the city. Their model was salt and light. Elements that touch, penetrate, and change that with which they come in contact. Okay, so now what he's saying, first of all, how did they envision themselves? They envisioned themselves as, as overcomers. They envisioned themselves as whatever they came in contact with, they would change that which they came in contact with, not being overcome by what comes in contact with them. Are you coming over to the work? So again, you know, understanding how how we're I suppose to operate now. Understand we got growth, progressive revelation, all of that. I'm not trying to say you know let God know the Holy lead you, but again, that weak mindedness. I can't do this. Jesus hung out with the sinners. He was in all the sinners. He was he was seldom in the synagogue. He was out there in the streets. He was where the people were hurting at. So, again, so he's salt. Salt preserves that which it goes on. Light, when light comes in, darkness must flee. These are things that whatever it touches, it transforms that which it touches. That's how God has ordained us to be. None of those are weak-minded. None of those are, are little. So, again, when we're talking about transforming our thoughts, transforming our understanding, this is what God needs us to do. Something we gotta grow up in. Okay, this is referenced in Matthew five, thirteen and sixteen. Why Paul goes into the marketplace. 
as we have already seen in an earlier chapter, when Paul, a rabbi, joined the church, he naturally gravitated towards synagogues in his official evangelistic endeavors, making synagogue preaching his main focus. But after repeated rejection, he announced that he was moving on to the Gentiles. See Acts 13, verse 46. Even though Paul, upon arriving in a city, always went to a synagogue, if there was one, he began to gravitate more and more towards the Gentiles. This happened so often that by the time he arrived in Corinth, in Acts 18, verses 1 through 9, he deliberately exchanged the synagogue for a private home. <clears throat> this allowed him to teach and preach every day <clears throat> instead of only on the Sabbath. Obviously, Gentiles did not meet in synagogue. <clears throat> they gathered in public forums business the class in the marketplace. Paul, like Peter, like Peter, John, James, and Philip, turned those public forums into places where the presence and the power of God became evident to the loser, to the lost in the city. In short, the kingdom of God was manifested where common folks gathered, just like in Jesus' day, except that it quickly transcended the familiar territory of Judea and Samaria. As the, as the disciples moved deeper into the into, oops, me, as the disciples moved deeper into Gentile territory, the marketplace became central to the church's activities, especially evangelistic endeavors. Why violence is necessary? Uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why who? Because of violence. Oh, uh-uh. So I'm going to just tell through the tulips, man. I'm going to do what I need to do for God. I'm going to become who I am as I just, just, just. Gosh. Well, I'm just saying. This is the attitude of people and why they're why they stuck, why they ain't getting out. Okay, I'm going to shut up and drive. Let me focus on what I'm doing. Okay, now we got the peanut gallery back there. Okay. Jesus indicated that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and that violent people will take it by force. Mm. See Matthew 11, verse 12. Mm. Why are you going to take it by force? The people. Going to take what by force? What kind of people? Violent people. Oh, so what's the passive people going to take? A nap. The kingdom of hell. Did I just say that? Because if you want the kingdom well, to happen, that they'll be placed there, won't they? They'll be given it because they refuse to reject and fight for what God is ha- allowing them to have. So it's going to literally take them. Okay. We're going to see if we can do this. All right. We're going to try. Well, I was just saying, I'm going to go back to mute and drive. Yeah, right. See along that mm-hmm. Jesus indicated that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and that violent people will take it by force. See Matthew 11, verse 12. Why is force necessary? Because establishing God's kingdom on earth requires confronting the kingdom of darkness. Ooh, why don't you read that one more time, and I'll be quiet while you do that. Why is force necessary? Why is who necessary? 
I was quiet for two seconds. I know. Okay, it never lasts. Why is force necessary? Because establishing God's kingdom on earth requires confronting the kingdom of darkness. Mm, wait, wait a minute. Establishing God's kingdom on earth means confronting the kingdom of darkness. Why would that be so? He, this is his territory. This is his ground. So now you coming up in his house, in his camp, talking about what you're going to do for God, who is his enemy? Nope. But you do serve the most high. It is possible, but are you willing to do what's necessary in order for that to happen? And if you are, that means you're going to have to fight. You're, you're who you are, your family, who you are, your life, who you are, your death, all of that, who you want to become. That's why all these dreams about what we think, if you ain't actually getting out there to, to, to really fight for this, it's not going to happen. You're living in la-la land. You're wishing for something. If you're not actively applying on a consistent basis, you're literally you're fooling yourself. You ain't fooling nobody else but yourself. Or maybe some other people who live in our land now. La-la land with you. Okay, you keep reading. I'm going back. One more time. She's going to try one more time. I'm going to be quiet for real this time, for longer than two seconds. This is a process that always begins in the individual but needs to keep expanding. Well, okay, two and a half. Where does it begin? It begins in that. It begins in you, boo. It begins in you, boo. Is that better? No, it's the word. Well, the word rhyme, you and boo, okay? Hey, those go. I mean, but bottom line, that's where it starts in you. If you're making a choice, you're making a, I'm going to do this, then I, I start going from there. Before I can walk by this, I got to make a choice. That's what I want to do. Then I got to begin to apply. I got to be consistent, persistent, all of that and above. At first, a power encounter causes the sinner to surrender to Jesus. As the presence of God floods his or her soul, the works of the devil are destroyed and a new order is established. But God's design does not stop at the outer limit of his children's skin. His plan is for the same transformation to happen in their circle of influence. First in the family, next in the neighborhood, and eventually all over the city. Okay, it's first in the who? Family. Hello. Hello. Did you want to comment? Okay. First in the family. Why? That kind of like goes back to say family first. Individual, then the family. So we out there trying to take over the world by our families going to hell in a handbasket. Got to start with family, fam. Did I say that? Oh, Lord, she's going to cut me with the eyes, and I'm trying to try. But again, 
Erica, you can't handle your dad and your brother. How are you going to go out there and handle them people out there in the street? Ooh. You know why? Because dealing with your family makes you get over your personal feelings, how you feel about this from people right. who really know you and grew up with you. Huh? And you got to overcome yourself, get over over how you get offended. Dealing with your family makes you really deal with yourself, even deeper areas of your life and your heart. So, so I can see why God wants you to deal with your family, because dealing with your family helps you to deal with yourself. I must see Mark moving around, all that stuff. No. Oh, that's you, Renee? Uh, oh, wait, well, how does that work for me? How has that worked for you? I can tell you how it works for me. It's caused me to be strong. Dealing with my mother, my father, caused me to find patience, peace. Caused me to, you know what? I'm, we're talking about the young other day, walking authority. Dealing with my mother. I, me and Erica talked about it, how it got to the point. Because everything that I had to come through and dealing with them, when I've been the one who didn't understand, didn't know what they're talking about, but why y'all always turn to me for an answer when all hell is going to lose? It made me go deeper into the Word of God. Mark said something the other day when me and him, Eric, was on the line. He said, God knew what he did when he gave us our parents because it made us manifest when they were coming against us as far as who we were and what we were doing. So dealing with my family has made me grab hold of the Word of God to find out who I am and to walk in it and to let God manifest and to grow me up, not to allow me to, to be resting and becoming idle. Dealing with my family has made me become intimate with God, and it has also allowed me the place where he could grow me up and groom me to do that what he's called me to do. How's it working for you? It's still a work in progress. I see y'all on the step and toe ministry this morning. No, more like stomp and toe. I mean, but that ain't care to put on a pair of boots. <laughs> She's trying to take her off. Man, how many pair of boots have I worn already and worn out? Man, you start looking like mine when you start to see. You can see the steel still coming out the pool. Right. Well, I'm taking them off so I can rub my toes to put on the new ones. I got to get fitted for a new pair. Wow. Change the older eaters? Mm. <laughs> nah. Not that Sam shoe, but, I'm, you know, other than that, I'm good. <laughs> I get a pedicure in the midst of changing and getting fitted for a new pair. Oh, okay. you gotta have pretty feet. Pretty feet. Hey, I got to appreciate something after so much work what? is put on them. Well, you know, hey, well, okay, I can't, I can't say nothing about that one. Your plus wife did a pedicure in the side of your feet, so did. Oh, there we go. Look at that, y'all. Look at, look at, look at, look at, she, he don't touch the <laughs> Where that doctor? You find his address yet? <laughs> Ooh, ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. Mm-hmm. I need something to encourage me to get back out there on the battlefield. Well, you know what, though? That's, 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 hmm. That's, that's, yeah. 
You got to find what we talked about that other day. You got to find and take that moment, even if it's just a moment. It's like Mark said, I got to go get my hair cut or whatever that you do that's going to help you to get back out to do what you need to do, even if it's just momentarily. And, you know, it's interesting to uh, talk about that because at the St. Louis conference, um, that was something that, that I had uh, touched on when I was asking the lady, because uh, one of the speakers, she had, like, really nice manicured nails. And so while she was talking, her nails, her nails were talking to me. Uh, uh, encouraged me to, to speak out on that when I got back up on the stage. And I was just saying how uh, when we... You know, because getting your nails done is such a, a a popular thing now. But I was asking the women, you know, how many of you, when you go to get your nails done, are actually enjoying the process of getting your nails done? You know, when you when you're getting a pedicure and they're massaging your foot, are you actually enjoying the massage, or are you thinking about your to do list? You know, I gotta go pick up. You know, I gotta go pick up the kids. I gotta go grocery shopping. You know, did I do this? Did I do that? You know, when you get the manicure and they're they're massaging your hands and everything, are you actually enjoying that? Or again, are you thinking about all the things that you haven't done yet that still need to be done? Um, and so, you know, like when we we messed with Erica, like right now about about the pedicure and the boots and and doing something to um, to like relax and enjoy herself until you know she gets prepared to while she's getting prepared to put them back on again and to to resume her uh, her responsibility is like are you actually enjoying that process or are you tolerating like you do other things in life? And the key, and, and, and I think you're making a very valid point because, you know, self-care is so important when you're always, mm-hmm. you know, warring. You have to get to a place where you are, you know, um, when you have to rejuvenate and, you know, re-energize that you have to enjoy that time because you don't have any other time to do that. You're too busy battling and warring. So, you know, it's not like battle is, you know, enjoyable for most people, you know. So it's that relax, relate, release thing that we talked about also. And, Erica, this is even goes in line. We yesterday was the conversation that we had as far as also being in balance. You know, that allows you to, to, to come back to a point where you're balanced, and then from there you'll have the strength to go forth to do what you need to do. Right, right, right. But, you know, now i got to touch on what you said. That means you also have to be in tune with yourself to recognize when, when, when you're being pulled, again, on all aspects, spirit, soul, and body, because... If you're being pulled out of sync in an area, you need to uh, you need to be able to see that so that you can understand and be able to address it so that you can pull it back to where it needs to be. If not, the enemy will again get you out of out of balance, and then you'll be worn out and you quit. Right. So I'm sorry. 
then why aren't we following the guidance of what God gave us in the beginning? He says six days you work, one day you rest. <laughs> I'm going back on it. And he said the Sabbath was made for men, and men was not made for the Sabbath. Yep. So we were we're supposed to have that one day where we don't think about work. We don't think about what's next. We only think about resting so that we can gain the energy to work the next six days. But we bypass that. I'm going to take your grad course now since you're messing with me. That's all nice and well as life is there, but then you also have to be conscious about what you what really needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And when things are not in order as they need to be, you might have to come out of position to fight to get things in order so that you can do that. So that's okay. not only do you have to recognize what's going on personally, you also have to recognize what's going on as far as other areas and reasons when you are called in position to be a leader. Because if you stop because you choose to take a break or you might even need okay, now I'm going on yesterday. You might even need a break. But now because of where you're positioned at, things are not in order. If you pull back, then everything's gonna fall apart. But now you still you personally need that break. So now you have to learn how to tap into your spiritual anointing because understanding what God has positioned you at, he will give you the strength to go forth to do what you need to do, even though you might be out of balance. You might be out there. But see, that also teaches you to lean on Jesus and to seek him for your strength, for your peace, for everything. And in the process of you doing that, you will learn how to, again, to deny yourself more and to trust God more. So now at that point, you're not walking more in how you feel, how you think, what you need to know, what goes on, because you, you're so overwhelmed and overtaxed that you have to truly trust Jesus to bring you through. And in that process, he draws you close to himself. Okay. But on the other end, though, if you really, if you really, really, really go with what he has established as a model, he will also give it to you on the opposite end. He will show you how to delegate what you need to delegate to have that one day. He will also show you how to budget your time. He will also get that also makes you go closer to him to figure and, out. And, 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 what, and what's that what's that one word you said progressive? Now why do I say that? Progressive? Because okay, what we're striving to but when you're starting out in the empathy, nine times out of ten, things are not positioned or in, like that. Again, in a leadership at that position, I can talk about my business, Nate, whatever, because the people that you're with, well, you don't have the funding, you don't have the work, you don't have the help. So you can't, again, you cannot afford to do such because it will fall apart. In one day, as, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you from application as I'm walking this. 
Mm-hmm. I'm telling you from application, not from I, like I don't I don't enjoy working the way I work, but I recognize if I don't do this, the man that's paying me is not gonna pay me because I'm not finished. I can't use that money to pay my people. I got mortgages, so not, it'd be nice. I've been fishing once. I would love to go fishing more. I got three ninety over. Right now, I'm trying to figure. I got to come back and figure out a three thousand dollar month mortgage. God has made provision, but I understand that I, at this point, I must press. I must go past that till people grow to my team, meaning everybody that God has given me assignment to grow up, to nurture, which even gets into the village as far as our six degrees of separation. So now I understand what you're talking about, progressive, but, again, just like the vision, and he talked about the church as far as in the last day just all of a sudden being there. No, it's something the church must grow in, but we can only grow into that one person at a time, one day at a time, and I must affect my community as God has given me charge, and I must lean and seek him to give me the strength and to keep me peaceful. And in that process, he draws me closer to him. So then I will be able to do such because now that's where wisdom comes in. Now you want to keep messing with me? I'm, uh, I, tag, I tag on me now, Felicia. And, you know, <clears throat> the thing that both of you all are talking about is the fact that systems and things have been out of balance way too long that you're yeah, trying to on. swim upstream. Jesus Christ, and you're swimming against the current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, now, Erica, even, even on that point, understand, again, we're coming against the systems of the world. So that, that in itself is something that you're going to have to learn how to do. Right. Because and, and that, you have to strip the person true. here. But it still goes back to the fact that we have allowed things to be out of balance for mm-hmm. so long, mm-hmm. and you're still trying to rectify and fix all those years and times and moments of things being done incorrectly, out of yeah. order. Amen. Amen. But the thing, the sad part about it is you have to be able to hear what God is telling you for that corrective measure. And, yes, it has a lot to do with, you know, your team, who you're paired with or who you allow yourself to be partnered with because a lot of the um, – Things being done out of order has a lot to do with the dead weight of people on your team that you're mm-hmm. also carrying and their baggage mm-hmm. as well. And that's why, it becomes, that's why it becomes such a tedious mm. thing to do because you, we, we have to get out of the mindset also that we, you know, when you are delivered from people, you have to also remember you can't save or rescue people. But we carry that responsibility with us every step of the way because when we are when we are parents, we think that we have to carry that for our kids. We still don't know when to let go and let God. That's what y'all are talking about because we still feel that we have to have our hands on it. Mm. 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 
But you know what? And and this going back again to the listening to the Holy Spirit because every situation is going to be different. Because now I'm going back to when God. Let's go back to the situation of God has given you a particular purpose or company or whatever, especially those with to, to be business leaders. You have to accomplish the end game goal. Now that person isn't for whatever reason all shit, but this is God. This is God. Even touching on what touching on what you talked about, what we talked about yesterday. Just because that person is not developing does not mean that you can stop. But then that also makes the you've developed certain skills in your own life. Makes you develop certain characteristics in your own life. In other words, I have to accomplish X, Y, Z because that's what needs to be done. But now God has given me this person who's not doing this. So now I have to work with this person, work to do what I need to be done, so I have to make certain adjustments and changes in me in order to get this done. As you said, I might have to divorce this person or when to divorce this person or when to change. So it's a lot. That's why I say God's being God. In the process, he's growing you up. He's touching that person. He's doing a lot of different things. That's why it's a necessity that you connect with the Holy Spirit and let him lead you. And that's that's the planting and watering thing that we're <clears throat> talking about. Because see, you would you know, we don't know how to differentiate between planting and watering and carrying and force feeding. Because that's what we like to do now. But and don't let it have a heartstring attached to it. Don't let it be our kids, our family member, you know, our parent then we feel like we have to force feed them because our compassion, our feeling is that we don't want them to be lost or Mm -hmm. left behind. But it's not your call. And so that heart is stuck in there with feelings and emotions. And that's where we get hung up on. Our thought based on how we feel it should happen. Did you say feeling and emotion in our heartstrings? Yep. Mm. I'm I'm, going to put that word in there again, which is going to hurt some people. What's that word that begins? That word that begins with an O when we get offended? Mm. 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 I got three of <laughs> oh, oh, them. I got four of them. But wait, wait a minute. What's the offense? What's, again, you know, we get offended because of something in us that got hurt, which now we need to take a look at God. We can't get, we can't heal, be delivered, or whatever until we recognize that we got an issue. You expose me without my permission. You expose me without my permission. I'm sorry. Or warning. And it was not your place to tell my to tell my I'm 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 sorry. I didn't. I you know. I apologize for this. I apologize for what I did yesterday, though. (laughs) And I bet. Even though I say that that's what offense does, 
When you mm. offend the person, that's what it does. Mm. You told my secret without warning to me and without my permission. And who the hell gave you the right to expose me like that? Especially amongst a number of people. Mm. So guess what? Now that you've exposed me, I have no other choice but to lash out. That is my defensive mechanism, self-preservation. Thank you, Jesus. We almost there. What time did you all leave, and where are you? We left. We left at three thirty, and then um, we probably got maybe another thirty minutes to go before we get to the school. We had to stop to get gas, to get gas and bathroom breaks. How long of a drive is it? Well, if you if you can manage to drive it straight, it's about six hours. But like we had to pull over once so that uh, we pulled into a rest area so that Sam could take a nap. It was supposed to be so that both of us could take a nap, but I can't sleep at the rest areas. It just it just, um, you know, I think I've seen too. I read too much, and I've seen too many crazy movies. Um, right. Right. We get to the rest area, and I'm like wide awake, can't even pretend to go to sleep. And then, and then the woman pull up. <laughs> she pulls up in this vehicle, like maybe uh, well, it was next to ours because no one was was in between us. And uh, why she get out the out the car, and she got the um, the Confederate flag purse. I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to sleep around her. Um, I ain't even closing my eyes. Um, I'm like, okay. But then as soon as, as soon as we get on the road again, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping. Uh, yeah. So, um, but we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take a nap or something because neither one of us are gonna be in a position to drive back if we don't. But if they hadn't had so much running around, last minute running around to do um, yesterday, I could have gotten to bed, uh, taken a nap earlier, and slept for more than an hour. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Oh, 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 my goodness. Hey, Morgan. Honey. Now, you got you have one left in college, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you aren't having to make this trip, or she got her own vehicle? She has her own. Oh, Okay. I gave it up last year. It was the first time she drove by herself. Okay. What what year what year is she? This is her senior year. Oh, okay. You'll have a graduation next year. Amen, Jesus. Amen. I think it's going to take that long. Conversation. We just stopped. Oh, or we stopped on that topic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I have to. I have to step on your toes, Sam. You go ahead. You know what? Like you ain't gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was. Yeah. 
that was no secret. Uh, wait a minute, one second. Um, but um, what I was doing to say is, you know, <clears throat> the offense thing that we were talking about. The who? Oh, the offense. Being uh-huh. offended. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That's exactly where you were when you responded to Le- uh, Felicia. <clears throat> well, you know what? Yes and no. But I, I knew because she, she always messes with me about that. So that's why I was that's why I was kind of messing with her, uh, and 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 maybe a little bit, but basically I was I knew because she's always messing with me about that. But I needed to take it to another level so that we can see all aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Because that, because as you say, you know, we both because see this is a thing, and I and also I did that for instructional purposes as well. I guess I could go. Yeah, guess, but not but not as red. Right. Because I'm also looking at where she's at, and that's really uh, because I'm further along. I'm also looking at where she's at and the adjustments that she needs to make to get to where she needs to be. And so that's another reason why I did that. So again, I, you know, because a lot of people say about what I shouldn't, and I understand that. But you're not in this position, and you don't know what all what all is required and what I've learned. And you're not walking with what I'm walking with when I mean in that aspect of, you know, how God has caused an increase of him, et cetera, and me anointing or whatever. So because we have this ideology about how a business is supposed to run, how that's supposed to happen, but when the ideology, well, as, as Lisa said, the, practical, the theoretical and the practical don't line up which gets right back to what you're talking about because of a lot of things have been done incorrect for so many years. So now to correct them is going to require a whole lot. So, yes, you're right, but it was a lot more to it than just like, you know, no, I was I was going in all those different areas when I was doing that. Don't be frank. The food will still be there. Hmm? No, I was talking to my child. We're going to McDonald's. And did she bother to ask if anyone else wanted anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's one more paragraph to this section. <laughs> a thesis is a classic example. Ephesus, E-P-H-E-S-U-S. Paul and his apostolic band taught the word of God to multitudes of disciples for two years, and then a power encounter took place. Large numbers of witches and warlocks were saved. They publicly burnt their demonic paraphernalia. This was accompanied by extraordinary miracles. As a result, all of the people who lived in Roman province in the Roman province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. See Acts nineteen verse ten. This is just one example. As the disciples spread the gospel, they often saw power encounters. 
But a power encounter took took over after what two years, not immediately. You know, we we want to step out on the God's word and we want to see some change or an effect which they saw, but a, a big huge one took place after two years of consistent application, consistent perseverance, consistent dedication. Then a power encounter, you know, because even in that aspect, things, again, God is understand. God is orchestrated. Things aren't um, structured big or powerful enough in order for you to engage in this power, this power encounter. So, again, we, we have to get out of the God game as far as figuring out, and we also have to get out of being upset when we step out to do something and what we desire to do doesn't manifest right away. We have to just continue to be diligent, consistent, 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 consistently. We are almost done with this chapter. Uh, (laughs) Power Encounters and Divine Intervention. Acts records 40 major supernatural actions, many of which are dramatic power encounters. It is interesting that only one of them took place in a religious setting, the healing of the lame man at the temple gate called Beautiful, CX 3, verses 1 through 10. This highlights the fact that the early church was not confined to a building or to a prearranged schedule of meetings. In Acts, the church was a movement that shook or took cities. The 39 supernatural actions that took place in the marketplace are listed below. And this is something I guess, Sam, you can maybe take a, um, a picture of and, um, oh, and send to people. Fine. Yeah, because it's, um, it's a list. Um... Mm-hmm. Okay. Make the boardroom your pulpit. We can expect God to show up in the marketplace. This is why today the boardroom should be to those anointed to serve in the marketplace what the pulpit is to pastors. And the people is their sphere of influence what the congregation is to an ordained minister. The notion that the marketplace is less spiritual than a church is false. Case study. A bar becomes a church. <laughs> mm. The story of Joe, a jeepney taxi owner and driver in the Philippines, provides a vivid illustration of the way the kingdom of God, the church, and the marketplace can interact to transform individuals and touch a city. As Joe was driving his his jeepney, his taxi, shortly after his conversion to Christianity, he heard God tell him to serve, to serve right where he was. Since he was a new believer and the marketplace was what he knew best, he focused on a bar called Sweet Moments. He decided to apply the principles of prayer evangelism, of prayer evangelism as listed in Luke 10, to make peace with the lost, fellowship with them, take care of them, and eventually announce that the kingdom of God has come near them. See Luke 10, verses 1 through 8. Every day he would go into the bar, order a soft drink, and pray peace over the place, its employees, and the customers. After a few days of doing this, he befriended the manager, Brian, who was a homosexual, a gambler, a drug user, a drug dealer, and a pimp to 35 prostitutes. (laughs) 
talk about having a lot of jobs. Well, he's Jamaican. Okay. Agree. This pedigree left no doubt that Brian was a certified full strength center. <laughs> Not only certified, but full strength. All right. The friendship grew. After just a few days, Joe was able to lead Brian to the Lord and baptize him at a nearby beach. As Brian emerged from the water, the power of God came upon him, and he experienced an instant transformation. All of his homosexual drives disappeared. He was also freed from gambling and drug addiction. He was delivered from all of the vices and stopped being a pimp, which had supported. He was a bad man. He was a homosexual and a pimp. <laughs> he was bad. He was... <laughs> I just caught that. Well, no. Mm. Wow. All righty, then. Hey. Mm. He, right. he had all his bases covered. I guess so. Okay. And stopped being a pimp, which had supported his sinful lifestyle. Mm. Brian's transformation became evident to those around him, and in a very short time, all 34 prostitutes also became Christians. Mm. We didn't want anything, but thanks for asking. Joe and his wife decided to move into a neighborhood near the bar so that they could ministers to this unusual congregation. Mm, yeah, I'm quite sure. His wife baked rice cakes, prayed over them, and distributed them among their neighbors, using food as way of introduction. One of those neighbors was Teddy, a lawyer who was also the owner of the bar. Mm-hmm. He later testified that when he ate one of those cakes, something happened to him. Wow. He became interested in what Joe had been teaching his employees, joined the Bible study, and soon became a Christian. As he grew in the Lord, he realized that his line of business was not pleasing to God and oh. turned the bar into a church. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So he didn't well, he didn't start condemning about what you're doing and this is wrong and this and other. And then even in that, he didn't say, you need to close this bar down and, and uh, you know, you need to stop this. Okay, because again, now, let's be realistic, and this is what I'm talking about. Realistically, he still got to eat. Realistically, this is a source of income that he's been used to go. So did he come and attack the bar? No. He let God move. That's, again, why we have to learn how to let the Holy Spirit lead us. Because, okay, you got to stop sending now. Now that you're saved, close the bar down. He didn't do that. No, you want to turn here. Because your entrance is over there. I'm seeing a 70 words. So, oh, I see it up there. Okay. Here, follow the black car. Okay. He later testified that when he ate one of those cakes, something happened to him. He became interested in what Joe had been teaching his employees, joined the Bible study, and soon became a Christian. As he grew in the Lord, he realized that his line of business was not pleasing to God and turned the bar into a church. In less than a year, Joe, the pastor of the bar-turned-church, established 12 cell groups in the area, and the kingdom of God has come to a significant portion of the marketplace. The key... Joe saw the church as the means to 
connect the kingdom of God to people in the marketplace. When sinners discovered that the kingdom had come near them, they came into it. And once they did, he simply taught them how to have church in the marketplace. Building a people come. God, money, and mammon. A major obstacle that prevents church from happening in the marketplace is the fear that the church will become corrupt if it comes in contact with money, the bloodline of, of business. Jesus lashed out at the money changers in the temple court, and this seems to add grief to this concern. However, the money changers were thieves, preying on the faith of the people. Every time people use money for personal gain at the expense of God's kingdom, they incur God's wrath. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that. Every time people use money for personal gain at the expense of God's kingdom, they incur God's wrath. This is true whether it happens in church settings or in the marketplace. The fact that many ministers have mismanaged or misappropriated church funds is the horrible. However, no one is suggesting that churches stop taking offerings because of it. The issue is not the money, but how to handle it. As I indicated in earlier chapters, Jesus, as well as his disciples, were skilled at handling resources. There is a right way and a wrong way. Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin in Jacksonville, Florida, has found the right way. The Potter's House, a congregation of 3,000 members, he did, was instrumental in purchasing a 42,000-square-foot building. But instead of devoting it mainly to church meetings on Sundays, as most churches do, McLaughlin decided to impact the community. The building now houses 21 businesses, including a bus terminal, financial planning service, law practice, and reporting studio. According to an article written by Adrian S. Gaines and published in Charisma, the refurbished facility has served as an incubator for entrepreneurs within the church and broader community. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. Why don't you read that again? The refurbished facility has served as an incubator for entrepreneurs within the church and broader community. The Potter's House covers all overhead costs. The tenants give back to the ministry as their business prosper, never fearing eviction. Okay, one more time. Let's, not, let's go to vision. Let's go to progressive revelation. Let's go to, you know, um, the whole nine yards. It's about the $25 a month, everything that we're talking about. I want you to read that again and think about that. And, and now, I won't even think in, in its capacity. Since this is something that the uh, business masterminds have come from, who, really whose idea is this? Because this is an example of the finished product, or I should say the more advanced product. So literally, this is just, again, the marketplace, God's plan that's been planning at us to do the same exact thing. Yeah, I'm done. For a moment. Okay. Do you want me to repeat? Mm-hmm. Bishop Bob McLaughlin in Jacksonville, Florida, has found the right way. The Potter's House, a congregation of 3,000 members, 
was instrumental in purchasing a 42,000-square-foot building. But instead of devoting it mainly to church meetings on Sundays, as most churches do, they've often decided to impact the community. The building now houses 21 businesses, including a bus terminal, financial planning service, law practice, and reporting studio. According to an article written by Adrian S. Gaines and published in Charisma, the refurbished facility has served as an incubator for entrepreneurs within the church and broader community. The pilot's house suffers all overhead costs. The tenants get back to the ministry as their business businesses prosper, never fearing eviction. The pilot why, would, why would that be necessary for a startup business? Because you don't make a lot of money. Most of you don't even profit your first couple of years. So you need somebody to cover you while you're stepping out trying to do what you're your dream. That's the last question I got. The Potter's House also runs a credit union, and a school for 500 students pay very low tuition. It has also provided funding for a community youth basketball project. Even though Bishop McLaughlin is in full-time ministry, he has also entered the marketplace by personally purchasing a facility that offers the same opportunity to 14 additional businesses. According to Charisma, the strategy seems to be working in Jacksonville. What used to be a dilapidated and hard-hit community has been infused with the life. Many national chains have opened shops in the area, and thousands of lives have been changed. <clears throat> Bishop McLaughlin summarized his vision. We were thinking community. How can we get this community service and into this facility to hear the gospel? This was the whole purpose of the multiplex. Our goal was to transform this community. It appears that he has developed a good model of how to correctly handle money. Anyone who visit the pilot's house will know that church is taking place in the marketplace and that the kingdom of God is in evidence by the transformation in lives as well as in the community. And that is the end of the chapter. And that makes me think about that um that country that you were reading about. Yeah. Yep. I'm going on mute. I'm in my burrito. There, there. Questions, comments, criticism, complaints. Stop me eating my burrito. No complaints. Just these people complaints. Let's give our moderator a pass. She pressed her way even though she was sleepy and tired. <laughs> Why, why some of the words were slurred. <laughs> I, I could think of another reason. <laughs> He's going to go with what? I said I could think of another reason. Eat your burrito. All righty. Going once. One twice. One three times.
Alright, well. What about the um prayer request? Alright, with me, but I'll let you finish your burrito. Oh, yeah, you can pray for me. You can pray for me. Alright, All right, man. Tell me to eat my burrito too. All right, let me let the panel stand in. Rumbo Carrera, Correga Cassesio, the Coparanda, the Saraco Baca. Randy, the Dicker Rumbo, and the Cossession, the Cossession, the Cossession, Randra, the Copaca. Busky, the Cossession, the Cossession, the Cossaga. Randy, the Cossession, the Cossession.
uko sorandeke shirogombaka shirogosente shirogosaka
Oh, Lord, send me pray for Fanny Marie so that you can equip her to do what you want her to do, Lord. Father God, boskidi and boskidi siki. Wow. Mm. Wow. Interesting. You know, God said it's your heart. Because you have a heart to please him, he's going to give you what you ask for for his kingdom purposes, but he's also going to give you what you're asking for for your own purposes. Wow. Because you said yes because of something that he needs done. He's going to begin to move into your things that you desire for your own personal wants. Wow. Holy Spirit, we just praise your name right now. We glorify you, Holy Spirit, as you begin to anoint and fill your daughter up with the giftings, the skill sets, all that is necessary and needful, so she can, Lord, not just to rise up in that position, but to do it in excellence, Lord. <clears throat> to do it in excellence, Father. Excellence, Father. Your But also, Lord, in her personal life, in her personal wants, where she's just being still, where she feels there are voice, but she's just being still. Meet her there and fill her up. Remove the hurts, the negativity, and the pain, and the blockages as you begin to as you begin not to just heal her, but to also give her those things so you can she can have a heart Lord. Help her to see, to move, to trust, and to let you be God as you bless her beyond her food. Wow. Be fun of the question to go forth to the garage. Way beyond what she could ever thought, see, or imagine, Lord. Bless her and fill her up. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Sure, there ain't no problem there.
You can do Renee. Hey. Um, also, if you pray for me, pray for uh, Chrissy. 
the um, store got robbed yesterday. It's a little shaking up. Pray for who? Marshmallow. Pray for who? For Marshmallow. Oh, what store got robbed? Huh? What, the pastor's um, barbecue shop? Yeah, yeah, last night. Wow, really? Really? Oh, Wow. Oh, wow. I'm taking nobody got hurt. No, nobody got hurt. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And it is that time of the year for them to start doing stuff like that, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Mm. All right, then.
Amen. I received that. Amen. All right. Oh, Sam, I sent you something. I sent you something through uh, text messaging. Mhm. Okay, and it's about. Uh, you remember the radio announcer Paul Harvey? Yeah, Paul Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had somebody posted yesterday about something he read on his radio show, and it was talking about if I was a devil, what would I do? If he was the devil, what would he do? Okay. And everything that he said that would happen has been true. So it's down to the point, this, you know, um, to manipulate and to divide and conquer. Uh, and see, you know, when you sit down and you listen to it, the only thing you can do is say, you know, if, you were, if your eyes was closed on, the only thing you can say is, wow. But, you know, it was already told to us that this was something that was coming. Right. But see, there's some other things that's coming out, and then, you know, people are confused. They don't, just, they don't have the common sense or the mother with. To determine what what to pay attention to, what not to pay attention to. So it still comes down to the same the famous question: Who's you with? <laughs> Who you with? That's right. Okay, I'm going on mute. Smoke it up, Smokey. Okay, Chili. All right, who else wants to A stroller eclipse. They cancel one of your classes because of a solar eclipse. Why did they do that? What kind of class did they cancel? So they canceled a math class because of a solar eclipse. Okay. The whole class was canceled that day. Mm. I could possibly see that from a science perspective, but a math perspective, I don't care. Anyway, once prayer. Mark Stanley Lake. Who wants prayer? Who wants prayer? Who wants prayer? The car's probably working on a computer test.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.